And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. We are back again, everyone. It's our first show of the new year. How's how's 2024 treating you so far, Matt? So far, it's it's pretty good. We're only seven days into it. So it's it's yeah. it's been you know, you haven't been able to feel it out yet. Mm. Feel it out yet. Um but no, no it's, it's been nothing good. has blown up. Nothing no, yeah. not yet. Not yet. I go back to work tomorrow, so like we'll we'll find out if things have blown up. There's a there's a chance for things to still blow up. Yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm still kind of in like the post holiday kind of like time warp mm-hmm. where you get into where you don't know what day and time it is anymore. You're filled with cheese. You're filled with leftovers. <laughs> I I keep telling myself I'm going to start my New Year's diet, but I still have Christmas chocolate on the freaking table and people keep giving me stuff. So I'm oh, like, no. oh, God, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> Someone was like, oh, Joel, I loved your banana pudding so much. Here, I got you, like, more pudding packets to make more. I'm like, god damn it. Oh, no, not more pudding packets. I know. It's the richest, most decadent dessert I make. I make it with, like, caramel sauce and, like, everything else. Like, half a thing of Cool Whip, and I'm just like, I can't (laughs) can't keep doing this to myself. God damn it, I swore I would try and lose some weight this year. Uh, I've been playing a lot of good video games. I played and beat the new Mortal Kombat, and I'm, like, almost to the castle in Resident Evil 4 Remake. Ooh, nice, nice. Resident Evil 4 Remake is a lot harder than I thought. That mm. freaking chainsaw sister fight keeps kicking my ass. Yes, that, that's new. That wasn't in the original. I know it was, because normally you would only fight the Chainsaw Sisters as Ada in separate ways. Now mm-hmm. they put that one in, and they cut one of the other uh, fights for later. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine by me. So far, I, I actually love how the game kind of screws with your expectations, being like, oh, you thought you remembered how this went because you played the PS2 game 12 times. Well, guess what? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Towers are falling down. Enemies are jumping at you from places you don't expect. <laughs> New weapons, new costumes, I'm all about it. I still haven't taken the dive on Baldur's Gate yet, but I most certainly will. I know once I do that, that will kind of become my everything. You do need to, yes. I'm on my third playthrough, and ah, I, I, start, I started a Dark Urge, which, yeah, which is like the serial killer. If you so I've heard, can't yeah. remember who he is, and yeah, it's, it's very fun. Which is, which is very Planescape Torment, isn't it? <laughs> yep, yep. Which I love that they're kind of doing that. But uh, yeah, that's been the week I have. I kept saying I was going to catch up on shows, but I haven't because I suck like that. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days I'm going to. I just haven't had the time or the place, but you know. I think I've been keeping up. I mean, I'm only really watching like Monarch and Mm, like For All Mankind. Those are like the two shows that I'm really just watching every week. Haven't haven't taken the dive on those yet. Uh, I did watch Blue Eye Samurai. Loved the shit out of that. Wrote a piece on it for uh, Johnny Two Cellos over on his channel. Uh, really enjoy getting to write for Johnny because he's a really good editor. Because he's like, no, 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 Joel. We will we will use five words instead of the ten that you've written. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you deeply verbose wordy motherfucker. This is why you got to keep people's retention. And I'm like, well, that's why your channel's bigger than mine. <laughs> I'm I'm doing another thing with him uh, coming up there. Uh, that has been Hotel Show, which hits Amazon on, I think, like the 11th. I'm uh, going to be doing a piece for him on that. I've already written some stuff. Oh, so nice. The, so that'll be work and something I'm going to be watching anyway. So that'll be fun. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anything else? I, I, I'm putting off the inevitable because apparently when we decided to go on a holiday, all the freaking news broke at once. Oh, pff, didn't it? 
I know, right? It's almost like they were waiting, like, ooh, are Joel and Matt busy? Okay, time to drop everything. <laughs> there was a moment there where I'm sitting there in my pajamas, and I'm like, should Matt and I just do a show anyway? And I'm like, no, it's my goddamn holiday. I'm going to sit here on my Switch, which I have not played enough of. I'm going to finish this Pokemon DLC, and I'm also going to take the uh, dive into Mega Man Battle Network, which I never played when it was new. But oh, boy, no. is it fun and addictive. Yeah. <laughs> It's very addictive. I regret how many late nights I have playing that because it's literally, it's one of the most ridiculous, I don't know how they expected kids to play this, like, map designs, where it's like, okay, now you have to scour the entire internet. What does that mean? Oh, okay, fucking figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> I, have, I spent, like, trying to find the Stone Man boss, I spent, like, three goddamn hours running around the internet, and, like, clearly they know that this would, like, absolutely piss off, you know, modern gamers, so there, there's a new setting you can have in this game where your Mega Buster, which is, like, the weapon you have when you have nothing else left to whittle down enemies, mm -hmm. now it just does 100 damage per shot, so you can finish random encounters in a couple seconds. Oh. And I'm like, genius, genius, because if I had to keep doing this and I had to keep playing these goddamn random battles over and over again, I probably would have pulled my hair out. <laughs> Good job, guys. Oh, no, no, you can't do that. You've got to make it, like, difficult. You've got to have it only do, like, two damage. Well, it is difficult until you get to the bosses, which the bosses are really interesting and they all have their own gimmick. Hell, uh, the puzzles, I can't believe that this was such a popular kids game. The puzzles are out of this world. Uh, when you fight Number Man, there's a whole thing there where you basically have to play high and low with him to open some doors to get the right password, and you have to literally punch in the number, and they'll go too high, too low, too high, too low. And then if you fail too many times, it'll restart, and you'll have to do it again. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, this game is sadistic. I kind of love this. I see why people love this series so much, because, oh my god, it's actually making me use parts of my brain I didn't think before. <laughs> Oh, another piece of good news and housekeeping, everyone, for 2024. Uh, people have asked me forever, and I finally got whittled down by you and by Internet Corporations as a whole. Starting in 2024, uh, starting with this episode, well, actually starting with the episode before, but starting with this episode officially, uh, you can find the Comic Multiverse on Spotify now. We're hey, going to Spotify. About time. About time. I know, I know. The, the person who finally won me over is like, hey, Joel, uh, Google Podcast is going away in 2024. They're sunsetting that, aka the podcast app that I use to listen to my shows because it just lives on my phone and it's really easy to do all of that <laughs> stuff. It, it, they're going away. I think they're fusing with Amazon Music or something crazy like that. And they're like, I'm afraid I won't be able to listen to the show anymore. And I'm like, yeah, all right, fair enough. I will open a Spotify for you and kind of for me too. Turns out it's really easy. I didn't even know this. Spotify has a new thing, Spotify for podcasters, which is just Anchor, which is a service I already had for the D&D show I ran during the pandemic. So mm -hmm. turns out I already had a fucking account. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's what, it was one of the most serendipitous things where I'm like, yeah, this is definitely the time. So if you search the comic multiverse on Spotify, if that's your platform of choice, you can find it. Obviously, the best way to listen to the show is still to catch us live here when we do it. And if not, to be a patron, that will always give you the most control to check out the show. Uh, I am also, I've also said this too on Twitter, if you didn't hear, I'm going to try and start archiving uh, video versions of the show again over on the Cape Joel Extra channel. So if you're not subscribed to that channel, 
go there because I will eventually put up these video versions there. Not day and date, not right away. Being a patron and seeing us live is still the best way to do it. But I figure I have the extra channel, so I might as well put it to work. And hey, you know what? Extra incentive if you all subscribe and I hit the threshold to actually turn on monetization there. We'll bring back some of the other podcasts we haven't done in a long time, like commentaries and like Retro Hero videos. So let that be the carrot on the end of the stick. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'd also like to do interviews again, because I know freaking YouTube and the algorithm hates interviews for whatever reason, but if I have a channel that's literally just for audio, I, I, I made a goal for myself, I did kind of like a 2024 vision board, I'd love to talk to Cody Ziegler, is what I'd like Ooh. to do. Yeah. And I know he's a busy guy, because he's writing for like every TV show under the sun, and we'll be writing two Marvel books soon, but still. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, that that'd be good if you could if you could get him pick his mind about what the fuck's going on in Spider Man. I know. Uh, I I have his manager's information. Mm. I, I've yet to work up the courage to send the email yet, but I have the information. <laughs> so there you go. But uh, yeah, I guess with that all out of the way, everyone, we can hop in to the news. And God, God help us, there was a lot of it, wasn't it, Matt? There is. There is. I guess the biggest piece of news, the story we were following pretty much all of last year officially came to an end, and that is Jonathan Majors, the actor behind Kang, was found guilty of assault and harassment. It was a misdemeanor charge, but again, found guilty in a very public trial, and because of that, Marvel ended up cutting all ties with him, leaving the future of Kang in the MCU movies uncertain. Again, Say what you want about the case, and I know many people have. Oh, they didn't, uh, uh, what is it, take in this piece of evidence? Oh, what about this video footage of him getting chased? Again, doesn't matter. He made the company look bad. He went to court and lost. So, of course, this you, was you, going you to mean, happen. You mean that video that suspiciously just came out after the allegations of him breaking and, up the fights? You know, you mean that didn't work? <laughs> Yeah, again, it's it's a little, again, there's a lot of weirdness, a lot of fuckery. I feel there's a lot that's still going to be coming out of this for many years to come. Uh, this, again, even if it wasn't for this, like, founding, you know, even if it was for this official thing, I, I think the five NDAs that Variety had uncovered from his time in college and the text messages were the things that made me not want to fuck with him anymore, where he ref basically compares himself to Barack Obama and Martin Luther King while trying to put down a woman who he does not dispute putting his hands on. No, no, not at all. I'm like, that's pretty yuck. I don't like that. But clearly, Disney and the powers that be were waiting with bated breath where it's like, he could still beat the charges. If he beats the charges, then it's just like Jeremy Renner. And then, you know, we can just keep rocking with it if we want to. Didn't work out that way. And actually, I'm glad you found this thing there, Matt. Uh, I guess he's going on ABC Morning soon to talk about it. His first interview since being found guilty, which, again, still a misdemeanor, but still found guilty and you you compared it to the scene in tropic thunder and now i literally cannot see it as it, anything else it was shot like it too and it mm -hmm. like the cuts and like the the like the flash fades and everything it, like how did like surely someone someone knew going in that it, that's what it was going to be like it looked like they were making fun of him it really yeah. really did it looked like at any moment he was going to say someone said they were close to me <laughs> It really looked that way. And you brought up another interesting point, Matt, that I didn't even think of. Tell tell everyone what you told me. Uh, you know, so he's going on, it's like ABC, it's like Good Morning America or something, I don't know. Yeah. But um, ABC is owned by Disney. And yes, they are. 
like why if disney just fired him and cut ties with him would they allow him on one of their news stations yes they're seemingly now looking to give him an avenue to try and rebuild his credibility which again the fact that he is on the offensive so quickly after this is very unlike similar cases like this in hollywood usually you fuck up huge you get dropped by your management and everything else then you like go away you you pull a mel gibson you go deep underground you work behind the scenes maybe you work as an acting coach like in barry as barry showed us and then you kind of wait for your chance Majors isn't waiting for a chance. Major is actually choosing to seemingly go on the offensive and try and do this sort of thing. And all I could think when I saw that uh, ABC Morning clip there is like, man, I wish Oprah was still on TV because this would have made a great episode of Oprah. She could have come back, made a comeback. Just for the... Hey, she came back for the royal family. She can come back for this. Because, again, again, if you're a certain age, and I, I know some of our audience skews a little older, there was times where if you were a celebrity and you fucked up really publicly, you would go on Oprah, and you would come out, and she would put on her serious Oprah voice and be like, now no one stand and no one clap for our next guest, because they've been very bad. And then they'd come out, and they'd very somberly, and they'd talk to Oprah, and sometimes they'd cry, and it would be a whole thing. It would be event television. You'd have to mm. watch it. And, and then Oprah would go from, like, this is very somber, to next up, me and Gail making peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> I miss Oprah, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, there's the Jonathan Majors news. He's out. What does this mean for Kang? It, it's, you and I have been saying this forever, Matt, and that is it should be obvious. Kang, by his very nature, is malleable. You should be able yeah. to cast anyone else in the role and say, yeah, I'm Kang. I don't, I don't know what it is with, with Marvel, Disney in general, about, like, recasting people uh, mm-hmm. in, in roles. Instead, they want to try and find, like, the most, like, shittiest way. Like, like, like Star Wars, they won't recast people like Luke Skywalker. They'll just do deep fake faces, even though the guy they yeah. get to play him on set looks like him. It doesn't make any sense. Weird. Very weird. I don't get it. You would think it would be very easy to recast. You have so many media outlets being like, oh, now the plan is to completely shift gears and have people forget, oh, they're going to start, you know, leaning into Doctor Doom now. Or, oh, you know, they're going to try and bring back Thanos for a Hail Mary plan. I'm like, you know, you don't have to do any of this, right? Yeah. And I mean, they're probably not going to do any of that. You know, this is just people speculating. They have to speculate the worst thing possible, apparently. Yeah, uh, unless theoretically they've lost faith in Kang as a character for other reasons, which again, I don't know why you would have spent so much time and money across movies and TV only to lose faith in the here and now, when again, just recast the character. Yeah, again, they, they could regenerate, as the chat is saying, because yeah. it's built right into the character. Yeah, well, you don't even, you don't even like, address it. That's just, yeah, it's I, Kang, Kang's back. And again, like, they used to get that in the beginning when Terrence Howard changed into another actor. This is me now. Yeah, it's so weird. When their Hulk turned into another actor, this is me now. When they replaced the entirety of the Warriors 3 and you didn't even notice. I didn't notice. No, no. And it's, it's, it's again, they they should have recast as well someone like Black Panther as well. Mm, See, that's a weird one because I don't know if you could ever replace someone like chadwick boseman and because they actually used his death to make the second movie a treatise on loss and on tragedy the second film but then it also it robs us of 
ever experiencing Black Panther again. Because now it's sealed yeah. off with him. Yeah. And, 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 and get... as well, I don't I don't feel like that he would want that either. He would want that character mm. to continue as well. We'll we'll never know. It is like a real, you know, lose lose situation. Though, again, hey, if we're using time travel anyway, he made a point of saying he has a son. T'Challa Jr. comes from the future to the present. (laughs) (laughs) Or they artificially age him up somehow. Or, hey, just have Kid Black Panther, T'Challa Jr. Uh, Apparently they're not done with Wakanda. There's talk of, like, doing a full-on Wakanda show now. Yeah, TV shows, yeah. Ugh. Again, so I mean, there's definitely stuff that they were doing with it. And I think it would have been so hard, too, for the cast of that movie. And I know we talked about this before. To have to replace him with another actor because it would be so unfair to that guy with what Chadwick was able to do in just a small amount of time. Mm -hmm. And that like cast really felt like they were a family and to have another person come in and be like, oh, I guess you're our new daddy now. Mm -hmm. I don't love you, new stepdad. I don't care (laughs) if I can stay up till 10 and eat ice cream. (laughs) You'll never replace him, but... uh, more Marvel news coming off the back of that. Uh, apparently, Steven Yun might very well be out of Thunderbolt. I don't think this has been officially confirmed anywhere, it but has. everyone took the... Oh, has it officially been yeah. confirmed since I looked? Yeah. Okay. Which, it's so weird that he's out now when so many people kept leaking he was in for the longest time. It got leaked, and then Kirkman leaked it again, and now he's like, now I'm out. You know what? You all kept saying it. Now I don't want to be in anymore. <laughs> And it wasn't some like terrible reason why he 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 it wasn't no. some conspiracy. He j- he just had a scheduling conflict because of like the strikes and everything and how they've yeah. messed with everything. Yes, and the fact that the movie has been super delayed for a while now because they mm-hmm. again because of the strikes and because of COVID and everything, they were supposed to have been way further along than they actually were, and he can't do it anymore, which is a shame because I would have loved to have seen what he brought to Century. And I also kind of love the whole meta narrative too that the guy who voices Invincible is also would have been Marvel's first Superman. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that that would be pretty cool. I wonder if because he when he came on, he actually brought writers on with him. Yeah. Uh, to rewrite the script, so I might wonder if those guys stayed on as well. Interesting, yeah. Or if any of their script will see the light of day because that mm-hmm. happens a lot. You know, you see most big blockbuster movies have like twelve writers, and it's like, well, shit, who, who, who stuff even stayed? Yeah. Do, do, do they have to keep you in there if they use just one of your lines or one paragraph? <laughs> and what does that mean for residuals? Do you all get paid from this? Yeah, yeah. It's a hell of a thing. <clears throat> I mean, it's even funnier too because that new century book. In fact, issue two comes out uh, this week, mm-hmm. was clearly meant to kind of like prime the pump and try and do the whole multimedia thing for the century to be like, oh, the power's up for grabs. Anyone can be it. Even someone who looks like Steven Yeun. Oh, now he's not in there anymore? Shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Bob Reynolds is back. <laughs> yeah. That's my thing there. It's like, or, or was he always going to be Bob Reynolds? Were they just doing like, you know, colorblind casting with it? Are they, they going were. to keep. Yeah, are they going to keep doing colorblind casting, or are they going to do something different? Because even in that new book, that was my idea, where it's like, they're going to find an Asian guy, and his name is going to be Bob Reynolds, because it's a very common name, and that's going to be yeah. the thing. Oh, Or like Bob Reynolds, like like his mind will be put into this guy or something, yeah. Or something. That was the way I thought they were going to like have their cake and eat it too, where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's just another guy named Bob, because the Sentry just loves guys named Bob. <laughs> The power, it's, it's a weird thing they do. But yeah, s- sad to see him go, but completely understandable. He's a hot and in demand right now when he has other stuff 
going on. He can't stick around with a project that he doesn't know when it's going to get going again. Yeah, he did say he wants to come back. He wants to. He yeah. he, he, he definitely wants to do a role in Marvel somewhere. Right. Hey, is Amos Dea's show grown up yet? I was thinking that, but I'm thinking that maybe that's too obvious. Yeah, and also he's like too, like, he's almost too old now to be the totally awesome Hulk, so. Yeah. So maybe get a different role for him there. Ah, yeah, there's plenty of great roles for him to play because he's great. Yeah. Cast him as the MCU's Eddie Brock. Ooh. I don't hate that at all either. That's actually very fun. Yeah, yeah. Has, has he played bad before is the thing i know he's usually always like really? a lovable everyman and Again, everything that's like going against type true enough what you get which the marvel universe used to be famous for though they don't do as much anymore the playing no. against type no they don't yeah they, they should go back to that they should get more let more funny guys play villains and etc uh, now, moving on from there to some very big X-Men news, uh, which we'll be talking about in what we read this week. We're currently in the uh, Fall of the House of X, Rise of the Powers of X series, which will be the official cap-off to the Krakoan era before we enter the next big phase of X-Men, which they're calling From the Ashes. Yes, yes, because, of course, the Krakoa era will will burn down, will end, mm -hmm. it will be ending. when the, the new stuff starts in, what, July? June, July. Uh, yes, I believe. I believe yeah. so. In summer, yes. So I think well, the X Men, because I imagine what we're going through now will end probably February. Yeah, March. So we'll, we'll, I imagine the X Men will go on ice for a little bit. Yes, that sounds about right. Which is probably good to do. You know, leave us wanting more, then have a little break and come back. And also because House of X and Powers of X is what's officially ending it off, but we also have the Wolverine book that is still ongoing and a couple other books that I believe will also need to wrap up as well. I'm sure they will very soon. Yeah. Wolverine's heading into an event this week, Sabretooth War. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're getting an event in the middle of this, which maybe this is like Benjamin Percy's big goodbye to the series. Yeah. Be like, look, I did, th I did this in X4 since the very beginning. This is me blowing up everything I've built. And fitting, too, because I don't think Wolverine ever fought Sabretooth in this entire era of X-Men. So and, and again, it's like bringing the back the, the, the main villain, quote-unquote, of, of, of mm. Wolverine. Yeah. Yes, and also to the villain who got sidelined first in this era. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They made a big point of being like, Sabretooth, you have no place in this Krakoan era because we know you will never reform and you will never try and do better. Yep. So we're just throwing you in the hole. <laughs> and, and then he became like the Satan of the hole, and then yeah. he got his own Hellions team, and then I stopped reading. <laughs> yeah, he got out, and then, yeah, I stopped reading. I stopped reading. I got to go back and read that Percy stuff because I was really enjoying it. I just had too much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some some cuts are painful, and that was a painful cut. And I figure because he's been on the book so long, he obviously must have been doing something right. Yeah, it's a steady gig. Yeah, weird, 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 weird. Also, hey, uh, someone in the chat saying there that we might have a problem with Twitch. Is Twitch okay, Matt? I have, I think it's something on Twitch's end because it's working fine with for me. But uh, okay. yeah, I think that's something on Twitch's and I haven't had any errors pop up. So, yeah. Okay. Well, don't yell at Matt. He's trying. It's a Twitch issue. <laughs> uh, Tevia helping us out in the chat there. Any opinion on Steamboat Willie in the public domain? <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, you know, using him on we'll just have him in like a little gif or something on the on the podcast. We really should. Oh, my God, Matt, we should be Steamboat Willie VTubers is what we should be. <laughs> 
everybody here we go oh no wait that's right you can't you can't use the high-pitched voice that's actually part of mickey that came later we can only be silent that's the only thing we can do we can only be silent mickey's and because it's it's a public domain we also have to do it as a horror yes that, that that's like the rules you you have to do all of these public domain things as horrors as low budget shitty chintzy horrors which i get it it's cheaper to do horror than it is to do a lot of other genres, but also when they keep pumping out these like super lame, it's all super... the same as well. It's like, what if this yeah. thing was a, a scary killer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what if this child thing was scary guys, you know, when you keep doing that, you send a terrible message that maybe Disney and these big corporations should stay in charge of these copyrights. Yeah. Cause when you get your grubby fingers on them, you just fuck it up. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the, the day, like hours after it became yep. public domain, there was that trailer for like someone had been developing some horror game that was looked basically like, five nights at Freddy's shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. And I, I mentioned this like, Hey, how is that legal? Because they would have been in development of that game while it was mm -hmm. still in copyright, but only now just revealing it. So like, how does that work? I know they're just releasing it now, but like, you know, they're still working on I, a copyright thing while it was in copyright. I mean, I guess it's like every weed farmer I know who was growing weed right up until it got legal here in Canada and then just moved their crops outside where it's like, yeah, it was illegal yesterday and now it's not. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? All these plants just, just sprung up overnight. It, here, here's the thing that really gets me. You know what they really should have done? Is if you knew this was coming and you knew Mickey Mouse or a version of Mickey Mouse was going to be, you know, coming into the public domain, you should have been working on a really good, really subversive piece of black and white animation is what you should have done mm -hmm. to really blow people's minds to be like, yeah, now anyone can do anything with Steamboat Willie. Now we can totally make something in the animated realm i think that would have sent a much stronger message but you know animation takes time and money and talent you know throwing together some cheapo horror movie or cheapo horror game takes very little the the only thing i've actually seen that's it, it it's not even like a steamboat willy thing but it's inspired by that and it's just it's like an fps and it's mouse, called, yes. called mouse yeah and that's like that's what you should be doing it's like a cartoon yes. like fps and it looks great love it Looks great. Yeah, I can't wait for it either. That also looks like a ton of fun. Yeah, more stuff like that. More things that look like they actually took more than two seconds worth of thought. Yeah. Also, he's Steamboat Willie, so it should totally have been like a World of Warships game is what it should have been. Yeah, yeah, or something like FTL. you got to manage the steamboat or something. Oh, why aren't there more steamboat management games? <laughs> I, I did, have I ever told you about my hyper fixation about hotels and steamships? Because I have them. <laughs> I, I truly, I, I don't believe in other lives, but if I have another life, I truly think I was like a hotelier on like a steamship back in like the 1940s or something. Because whenever I see a movie or a documentary about steamships or hotels, I'm like, oh yeah, more of this, please. <laughs> And I don't know why, and when I tell people, they look at me like I'm insane, and maybe I am. Maybe you are, I think you are. <laughs> like, man, when the, uh, what's that goddamn uh, Ralph Fiennes movie about the hotel? Uh, oh, the, uh, oh, crap, I missed it, I forgot it, but it's I, good. I, I was I, talking I, about, yeah. I, I, the the, the freaking movie where Ralph Fiennes plays a hotel guy. Oh, um, the Wes Anderson film. Yes, that Wes Anderson yeah. one I love so goddamn. I I watched that one way too much and enjoyed it more than anyone else in the theater. I'm like, oh yeah, a movie about a hotel, ostensibly. 
I'm all into this. This is my obsession. <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- there's your X-Men news. Now, it's funny about the X-Men news, too, and what everyone clocked instantly is uh, they- they're going back to the old 90s font. They're going back to the old X-Men cartoon mm. font, which is fitting because X-Men 97 will be here before we know it. Yeah, a bit of synergy there, I think. A lot of synergy. Good synergy. Synergy that works where it's <laughs> like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> Oh, but we're not done with X-Men news yet. Uh, there's going to be a new four-part miniseries written by uh, one of our favorites, Christos Gage. It's called Weapon X-Men, and it's featuring like a bunch of different versions of Wolverine from throughout the multiverse, including Gene Howlett. Yes, this spun out of that uh, the original X-Men uh, one-shot he did last week, the week before or something. It ended with, like I think, like the Age of Apocalypse Wolverine turning up. And right. it's like, oh, we're going into an event where everyone's going to be Weapon X's. And yeah, yes, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Why not? I like Wolverine. I don't like it this much. It, 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 it definitely feels like an end of an era event. Mm-hmm. Get, get all your shit in now, everybody. Yep. Any any ideas you still have, get them in while you still can. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, some of the costumes and like some of the ideas are like, yeah, okay, Gene Howlett, yeah, 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 Age of Apocalypse Wolverine. Every time I see Age of Apocalypse Wolverine, all I can remember is I had the toy growing up and it was very ugly. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's like a fairy Wolverine with one hand. So. Yeah. And blue, blue yeah. on red. Yeah. I still think of that. Tenno in the chat, where's my morph comic? Yeah, there was a distinct lack of morph in this era. I agree. <laughs> We demand more morph, morph more morph yeah. now than ever. <laughs> uh, what we of the more morph party uh, have a five point plan to bring more morph into the comics. <laughs> Remember Bendis created a new morph in like his run and then everyone forgot about him. It was really weird too. Yeah, he had a special one shot issue just devoted to himself just to morph. <laughs> yeah, morph 2099. This comic's for you, morph. <laughs> We need more morph content so Matt and I can have morph month on the show where it's just all morph all the time for a whole month. Yeah. May is morph month. It's it's, it's morphin time. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, look, these th- these things write themselves. They really do. Yeah. Do people actually like morph or do they just like morph ironically because of the cartoon? It's absolutely an ironic. I, I, I can't imagine anyone would actually like morph. Which is fine, because, like, if you believe in that and, you know, stick to it strongly enough, you can tell a very self-aware morph story. <laughs> uh, what else we have going on here? Ooh, uh, news coming out of the Spider-Man office. The brand new Ghost Spider series starring Spider-Gwen will see her stuck in the sixteen or uh, 616 universe permanently. They've made a big point of saying she's stuck here permanently now. No going back. I know she was free to move back and forth whenever we wanted, but she's stuck here now, Matt. She can't leave. Yeah, and I saw a lot of people getting really bad about that. Which I understand because, like, half of the appeal of Spider-Gwen, one half was her cool costume, the other half was her interesting alternate universe mm-hmm. where, like, Matt Murdock is the kingpin, yeah. and, like, the thing is a cop, and the Punisher is, like, also a cop, and his family's not dead, he's just a deadbeat. Mm-hmm. I-, I can understand them being like, why would you want to kill that just to put her in the main universe, especially when you're struggling to do stuff with Peter at the moment? Why Why are you dropping the things that actually work about this character in favor of, well, I can only assume, more synergy? 
I assume more synergy. May this could be maybe something with them hinting at maybe where they're going back to a more classical, like Spider-Man, like where where oh there's Mary Jane, here's Gwen, Harry's back, but, you know. But, I don't know. But but like they've already said with Gwen, she's young, Peter's old. That's weird and creepy. And in all their other interactions, they don't care about that. This, I mean, this is. I mean, if they're gonna bring Miss Marvel into the book just to kill her off and have Peter act like a weirdo fucking incel for a couple years, exactly. Sure, he'll he'll start lusting after underage Gwen now that she lives in this world full time, and he'll be really weird and awkward every time he's around her. Sure, why not? <laughs> Because, again, I, I just don't see the benefit of moving her to this universe when she has a perfectly good universe to herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sure some people feel the same way about Miles, that he had a perfectly good universe. Though, honestly, I think Miles has proved that he actually does deserve to be here because yeah. they're telling better Spider-Man stories with him with than him, they would yeah. with Peter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and actually building on it in fun ways, like by having uh, guys like Rhino and Scorpion actually kind of be his friend. Mm-hmm. Which, which I fucking love that Miles has managed to reform, like, two Spider-Man villains <laughs> to where they're, like, chums now and shit. I like that. But, yeah, there's there's your Gwen news, everyone. May, maybe they felt they just needed to, like, really upset the apple cart to get more eyes on it is the thing. Like, the Gwen book clearly has its fans and its following, but it's never been, like, a massive seller to have, like, another full-on going. They've mostly gone from, like, minis to minis. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the Spider-Man like area of marvel do seem to do that quite a fair bit yeah you know, they'll, they'll they'll like throw like like the death of miss marvel you know bring in someone who's gonna like go out with mary jane and paul and like mm. all the stuff that they know is not gonna go well with the 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 fan base but they go through with it anyway because it gets eyes on the book and gets people buying the book i guess and also too when they say permanently she's stuck here forever is anything in comics ever no. forever no no no, they'll say that and then they'll have the big, you know, return to whatever number her Earth is. I don't even remember what number her Earth is. <laughs> but that'll be a thing. Also, as the chat is saying to you, know, so long as the art stays good, because that was the other third big selling point to the book. Really good art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If the art stays consistent, maybe the fans will continue to follow. But yeah, I, I don't begrudge the fans for missing her world because it was a pretty well put together alternate universe. It was, it was yes. Yeah. Uh, more Spider-Man news, and I think this is a net positive. Actually, it's not Spider-Man news. It's news about a Spider-Man writer. But Cody Ziegler, the man who has breathed fresh life into the Miles book, made it probably my favorite book of last year, has announced that he's actually going to be helming the new Deadpool ongoing. Cool. Good choice, because Deadpool is also a character who's kind of been stuck in a miniseries rut basically ever since the Jerry Duggan run came to an end. Yeah, may, may, maybe as well, since it's uh, Ziggler writing it, maybe finally we'll actually get like a good Deadpool story that's like actual character, character work and, and not just random memes and, and bullshit. Wouldn't wouldn't that be nice? I actually liked the last mini because it was a weird like body horror love story. But it was clearly like, we only have enough gas in this story for a mini. And I'm like, that's fine. But yeah, I would like to see a good, strong Deadpool ongoing again. And here's a guy who we know is funny because he writes for Futurama and he writes for like a lot of really funny TV shows. Mm -hmm. A guy who gets superheroes, gets characterization. I mean, come on, he had Miles goes to therapy and made that like a major focus of his book. And you know, we're going to get a Miles Deadpool crossover at some point. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Have they crossed over before? I don't think they have. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
yeah, that'll be good. Uh, uh, Ziggler has shown that he can actually create great new villains, and he has also promised that this Deadpool series will actually see the return of Ellie, Deadpool's oft-mentioned but not rarely seen as much daughter. Nice. Because she, of course, was a major fixture in the Duggan era, the last time people really gave a shit about Deadpool. Deadpool, when he was probably at his biggest and most ongoing. And if she gets to come back, hopefully we'll see Preston. And hey, maybe they'll deal with the Coulson thing? Yeah, because I guess they never really did deal with that, eh? Nope. Hanging plot thread. Big, yeah. big hanging plot thread. And I mean, if, if, if there's someone who can, it's definitely him. Yeah, again, if he's bringing back Ellie, it means he's clearly a fan of the Duggan years, which means this book is in good hands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, if he can work so much magic with Miles, who I think was in a similar situation to Deadpool, I think he'll be able to do it here. And there'll probably be more eyes on the book, too, because the Deadpool movie is quickly approaching as well. Yes, it is. So there's that. Uh, moving on from there to more movie news, uh, James Gunn said that the Matt Reeves Arkham show, which I totally forgot was going to be a thing, will actually be set in his new DCU continuity, which, yeah, right. That, that's fun. That's a good way to introduce your villains. Yeah. And I mean, as we've seen, Gunn is a master of, you know, making sure that they follow fun, interesting characters who don't get the spotlight. So, yeah, let's make it a weird show about, like, Calendar Man and Jane Doe and White Shark yes. and all the other characters who you never see. Yes, bring Calendar Man back so Sean Gunn can play him again. Yes, just to really mess with people. There's There was a great uh, Marguerite Bennett story. In fact, I think it was the first story she ever wrote for DC. It was an annual where we follow a person in Arkham, and the gimmick is is they're just a regular crazy person who got sent to Arkham because it's the only mental hospital in Gotham. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this this place is terrible. If you're just a normal crazy person, we're you know, literally uh, forced to room with monsters, and the doctors don't care about us. They only care about the celebrity patients. <laughs> How is anyone supposed to get healthy here in this place? I'm just depressed. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I, I have to wonder whether it'll be about the villains or like like setting up like the the, the prison that will like that would become yeah. it because like the, there's so many interesting ways you can go with it where it was like oh yeah it was Definitely. once like a a prison or like a a medical facility that would help people and then it turned to this because you know that's what pays the bills or something or or you could do like what they're doing in the alan scott book right now where it was actually like a facility they would send um gay people to and try and like mm -hmm. forcefully convert them and because back then being gay was considered a mental yeah. illness back in those days yeah and it was full of like it was it was like like one flew over the cuckoo's nest you know just yeah. sadistic like like nurses and guards and whatnot the best part is, is that you could kind of do all of it is the thing. Mm. There's so many mm. great characters who only work at Arkham. So you could have Amadeus Arkham Jr. You could have Lyle Bolton. You could have all of these characters who we only know from working at Arkham. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think you could make a really good Arkham show. Make it like Oz is what you need to do. Ooh. Have it be the day-to-day the, the, the -day lives of both the prisoners and the guards and administrators of this place. Or yeah. I, I guess I guess the updated version of that is, like, make it Orange is the New Black. Maybe each episode we follow a prisoner, flashback to their lives, see, them, see what brought them to that moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have them all sit around smoking, being like, yeah, and that's when Batman broke my jaw because I dared to put on this crazy quilt. <laughs> Rob a bank. <laughs> Seemed good to me at the time. <laughs> 
again, lots of places. And you know they're going to do like like a breakout riot episode because how can you not in an episode like that? Well, that's how the season ends. And that's that explains how in like, I don't know, next Batman movies fucking dealing with Firefly or someone. Yeah. As the chat is saying, yeah, a serious house on serious earth. That's the thing. Like you see it happen. Batman deals with it off screen. And then next season, when everyone comes back, they're just like, man, can you believe Batman came and punched the shit out of all of us? <laughs> Pretty wild, right? I thought we had him a couple times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like the idea of, a, of an Arkham show. And yeah, is the Arkham show going to be in continuity with the Penguin show now? Because they're made by the same guy? I don't I know. Don't, I don't think it is. No, I think the Penguin, because the Penguin show is in continuity with the film, with his Batman film, and that's a DC Elseworlds. Right. Yeah. Which, God, don't you love that Batman is so popular he can be in two franchises at once? <laughs> He's got the Black Label thing, yeah. <laughs> got the Black Label thing going on. Uh, something that wishes it had the Black Label thing was Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which <laughs> dunk up the box office during the holiday season, doing worse than the Marvels, which we all kind of knew that was going to happen. The big difference is, is that no one reported on this one's failure to no, death, nor nor the fact that it nor the fact that it apparently did pretty good in Asia. Apparently, it actually made yeah. back a decent chunk of its money in Asia. They. They they love Aquaman in there. They do, apparently. they do. I went and saw it, and yeah, it's it's like painfully mediocre. The the the, mm. the fights between Aquaman and Black Manta though are really fucking good. I saw all one take, some pretty good choreography there, and I'm like, damn, this had potential at one point, didn't and, it? And like all the sets and everything, like Black Manta's like like l volcano island lair, lair, and like his giant like hammerhead submarine. It all it's, it all looks really cool, but it's just like I don't give a shit. I you know that's that's the they're, real they're problem. They're fighting with this like opera. a CGI MacGuffin. Who gives a shit? <laughs> This movie had so much working against it, so much that it was out of its control. The fact that it came so late after the first one, the fact that it ended up being the last one out mm. of the gate and having to pay for the failures of stuff like Flash and Black Adam, the fact that everyone knew this was going to be the last one and it didn't matter anymore, and apparently continuity does actually matter to regular film goers and if they know this isn't going to lead into the next thing they're not going to see it which yeah. i guess I, I guess thank you dc for being the canary in the coal mine on this one <laughs> I, I at one point i'm really upset because like it's not a bad film it's just it's painfully mediocre because of all of mm. that stuff because it's the last film and everything but then on one hand i'm like oh that's actually kind of good because the general audience realized that there is going to be a reboot that's coming next year as well so they'll mm. go they'll go and see that yeah as like an act of like audience research and everything aquaman and the lost kingdom did a lot <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, it's a shame maybe in a different world this one could have done better there's also a lot of talk that you know they had to re-edit and reorganize a bunch of the movie and rewrite it maybe that's why but it's so weird batman was meant to be in it and i'm tr i was trying to figure out like throughout the films like where is batman meant to even be in this <laughs> this is like 90 percent underwater and not only yeah, that it was real. at first it was meant to be the affleck batman and then they reshot it with michael keaton and then they reshot it again. And then they reshot it so it doesn't need to exist anyway. Well, you see, Batman would have driven up in his bat boat because he was salmon fishing <laughs> right, in yeah. Yemen, which is a way to bring it all back together to, you know, to, to the real heart of this franchise, what it's always been about, Batman salmon fishing in Yemen. The, the, the fucking funniest thing about the film, though, is that through the entire runtime, uh, Aquaman does not talk directly to Mera at all. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> they're in they're in conversations with other people together, but he never directly like looks at her and talks to her. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> also, man, how about uh, how about Patrick Wilson getting to be in full supervillain mode? Oh, he I, it, the the funniest thing is that he he he's just regular Aquaman. He even looks like him. <laughs> he's got the blonde hair, the short blonde hair. They put him in like some costumes and like, oh, that kind of looks like an Aquaman costume. It seems like him and Momoa were at least having fun, if nothing. It does, yeah. They seem like they were having fun. And he Naruto runs through most of the film. Oh, that's, that's Because Ocean good. Master that... doesn't know how to run because he's never been to the surface <laughs> world. <laughs> okay, well, that's just worth the price of admission right there, whatever they spent on it. Hey, that's why it's huge in Asia. They knew about the Naruto running. <laughs> that's why it was a big success, Matt. More Naruto running. <laughs> is what we need it's weird too because like you know uh, we talk about you know superhero fans and general audiences being more discerning when it comes to the the superhero movies that aquaman movie was like one of the only dc movies to cross the billion dollar threshold Mm. and this one didn't man the difference just a couple years can make huh well it's the the same with the marvels same same year as well i think yep marvel crossed a billion and the sequel didn't yeah weird Again, I, there's so many things to take into stride with that. And, you know, we're going to be talking about this forever. You know, the fact that people are broke now because this is a recession time. Mm-hmm. The fact that COVID has completely changed the way we absorb movies now because it's like, well, if it just comes out a month on streaming, why am I going to spend $80 to go to the movies when I'm already paying 16 bucks a month at home for it? Exactly. Again, I, I don't think it's these movies have changed as much as people seem to want that to be the case and want to argue that in bad faith. No, I just think people have changed yeah, and their yes. viewing habits have changed. And also, too, you know, especially, you know, for something like uh, the MCU, which has been around for like over a decade now, if you were like 10 years old when these first came out, you're like 20 now. You've got like your first job. You've got like your responsibilities and everything. You can't really afford to see a movie every week anymore. And there mm. was a golden time there where it felt like there was a new one of these coming out every week. It, it really did, yes. And it's also not just superhero movies, which, again, is another thing I never hear people argue about. It's not just that superhero movies are struggling to make a billion opening night like they used to. Every legacy franchise is doing it right now. Indiana Jones couldn't do it. A bunch of these other things that used to be sure things aren't doing it anymore. Unless your name is Barbie and unless your name is Mario. And even then, those are like big legacy franchises. They just happen to be, you know, the biggest girl toy and the biggest video game of all time. And and one happened to be connected to a really popular meme. <laughs> yeah, well, and you uh, see, see stuff like Oppenheimer, which is like a biopic by mm-hmm. christopher nolan that made like over a billion dollars mm-hmm. you know yeah godzilla minus one is doing super well absolutely and you know obviously i've seen the arguments about that being like hey the economics of making movies in japan is different it than is. the economics of making movies elsewhere it also helps that it's fucking awesome it's godzilla a great film. it's a great it, film that like it ended up not being like not just one of the best Godzilla movies in years, but like easily maybe one of the best movies of last year that flew in right under the radar. I have to wonder as well whether it's also because it's like a pairing with like Oppenheimer, because you can like watch Oppenheimer and then be like, I can yeah. kind of see Godzilla minus one as like a sequel to the, the like the, the <laughs> ramifications of what happened in this film are in this film, and yeah, uh, the, the the real history that is Godzilla. 
<laughs> and again, and again, when people keep bringing up superhero fatigue, I don't believe it. If people were really fatigued, it wouldn't still dominate culture and the media conversation. Exactly. All all movie news is still superhero news. All discussion on YouTube or anywhere is like, oh, who's going to play this next thing? Who's the thing? If anything, talking about superhero fatigue is almost like trying to wish it into being in a way that I in a way that I just do not personally see. Now, multiverse fatigue, and we're yes, going to be talking about yes. what if at the end of this multiverse fatigue. I am actually willing to have that conversation because now everyone's doing it. Now there's multiple DC continuities. Now there's, you know, Marvel and all of their multiversal spinoffs. That, I think, is the conversation we should be having. But as the kids say, y'all not ready for that conversation. <laughs> y'all not ready for that conversation yet. And in truth, even I haven't done a lot of research yet. When I do talk about it, I probably will make a video or do a podcast on it but i actually do want to talk to more people and get some information because that's that's what i'm throwing my hat on but also it's that it's economics it's the fact that we're all fucking broke now yes 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 yes. i I, I mean christ it's our job to see these things i had two weeks off i could have seen aquaman if i wanted i'm like no i'm gonna fucking stay in bed exactly yeah no and and again it's that thing it's like oh it'll be on streaming in two months If I want to see it, it'll be on streaming in two months. And with the positive reviews, I might actually see this. I didn't see Black Adam. I didn't see Shazam. I was never going to see The Flash. I might check out <laughs> at some point. Uh, all right. Now, what else we got going on here? Uh, ooh, uh, some big news and some big leaks from the world of superhero games, both Insomniac's Wolverine and the Suicide Squad games suffered some pretty big leaks while we were gone. Yes, yes, Insomnia more than others. They got like so much fucking leak. And it wasn't just game stuff, it was like personal information, passport stuff, bank account. Yeah, it was awful, awful. Yeah, really, really shitty. And it's just like this, this just ruins the fucking fun for everyone when you do this. What I don't get is why are these hackers doing like hacking a fucking video game company? Go and fucking, I don't know, hack the fucking CIA or something. I want to see those eight foot master. tall. I want to see those eight foot tall aliens or something. You know. Yeah, sh- yeah. Show us the Miami aliens. Ah, oh, it's just some guy who plays for the Heat. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was just some kids. Don't hack off a firework. big corporation or something that's actually like causing, you know, ill will amongst the people. I know, right? Well, you know what? Be- because you don't get as many eyes on you when you do that. Yeah, that's, that's true. the problem. Because, because you know, a- hackers. You know, th- there are the high-minded white hat hackers who do, you know, want to hack for good and be modern-day Robin Hoods. And then there's the other ones who are just showing off. A uh, case in point: the dude who hacked that uh, GTA Six trailer. Apparently, he was already under arrest for another mm-hmm. hacking crime and hacked Rockstar while in a hotel using an Amazon Fire Stick in a hotel TV. Yeah, and he's and he said since that he'll just do it again. And I'll do it again. He's literally that meme. <laughs> Which, you know what, honestly, I, I almost respect that level of fuck the world mentality where it's like, yes, I hacked Rockstar in a hotel while I was already under arrest. I'm hacking you right now. You can't stop me. You you can't see it. <laughs> I, I, I've taped a bunch of Amazon fires to the inside of my jacket. <laughs> I'm a goddamn cyberpunk villain. Come to life. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, so maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. There's some very early, very rough Wolverine stuff making the rounds, which of course people were quick to throw judgments on. I'm like, guys, it's not done. It's yeah. not even close to. Being the done. What the hell are you doing? Fucking 
smooth-brained idiots I saw be yeah. like, "Well, is this what it's going to look like?" No, no one clear. Clearly, no one knows anything about game development. No, absolutely not. Again, j- just like pe- people don't know anything about freaking animation and how long that takes and how it's a freaking process and everything. And as an artist, I would hate if you guys saw my scripts when I was still working <laughs> on them. J- j- Jesus Christ, Joel, fucking punctuation much? Jesus Christ, Joel, misspelling words much? <laughs> it's a little, it's a little embarrassing, is what it is. <laughs> but yes, you'll get the games eventually. And uh, Suicide Squad leaks didn't make me want to play the game any more or less than I already didn't, and I didn't. <laughs> I was, I'm going to play the game regardless. I think it's, it's fine. I think people are like blowing a lot of the stuff out of proportion but yeah i'll i'll happily check it out when it comes down in price also one of these games eventually needed to be the ultimate whipping boy for predatory game industry practices and you know always online shit it just happened to be this one it could have mm. been anyone but it ended up being suicide squad yeah it's very strange that it was that one considering all of the the you know, you know marvel's avengers and and like mm-hmm. all the ones we've had since then as well destiny is apparently really big on that sort of shit as well oh yeah the, the last call of duty <laughs> yeah exactly yeah which which i bought because i'm a i'm a fucking pay pe- peg <laughs> wheel apparently and i'm a, a, i'm part of the problem <laughs> the, the, the multiplayer in zombies is very good actually but that <laughs> uh that, that fucking campaign is goddamn unexcusable <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three hours like goddamn oh uh, of mostly recycled acts uh assets uh fun fact i actually got my dad uh modern warfare 2 because he plays the game but you know because he works and has a job he can only play them in little chunks over time so i wait till they come down in price and get him one for christmas he just finished modern warfare 2 and he's like wow that was a lot of fun that was like a really cool movie you say the third one is out now i'm like yeah but you but you don't need to play it oh <laughs> i'm like it's it's literally like a three-hour dlc i tell you what wait a couple months it's already in the discount bin i will get it for you after that i promise <laughs> probably i will get you that and then we can all play zombies so i can have someone to fucking back me up it's it's, it's a great mode but the amount of times that i've died in fucking doorways playing solo because i can't get out of the goddamn building <laughs> And I feel like such a freaking idiot. I'm like, well, there's eight hours of hard work gone. Well, I'm not going to play this for another couple nights. But Uh. gun shoot good and zombie die good. And also you can play in third person mode, which is also pretty fun. So you can actually see the goddamn skins. (laughs) Which, hey, you know, well, well, we have the opportunity because I'll probably never get this chance to rant on Call of Duty ever again. The new operators suck because 90% of them either have full face masks or half face masks. Which lead me to believe that they didn't even have enough time to design those, which yeah. is why they poured it over the ones from two. And even the new suits that they're showing off now, the new operators, a lot of them look AI generated. A lot of the armor, they they're like, are. oh, it's, yeah, that's the thing. The armor, they're like, oh, it's it's future space armor. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, that looks AI generated. Yeah, it's uh, just ra- you... random shapes of stuff they had, like, off cuts yep. that they just glued to a model, yeah. I keep I keep waiting for that to come out. I keep waiting for someone to out that because that's the theory. That's my crazy Cat Williams theory. That's my uh, Kevin Hart is an industry plant theory. (laughs) A lot of these Call of Duty operators are AI generated. I mean, it's Activision Blizzard. I would not put it past them. Yeah. (laughs) My freak. Why is Alucard in it? Halloween. Spawn is in it too. (laughs) And Ash Williams. They're trying very, very hard to catch up to Fortnite. (laughs) 
Very much so, which apparently Call of Duty always did this. People just really noticed it in the last era. Apparently, like, two before this, they had, like, the Terminator and John McClane and everything in it. Yeah, but, they, but those kind of make sense in the mm-hmm. world of, of Call of Duty. You know, people with guns running around, but, like, Alucard does not. Yeah. Well, they already had an anime pack before this, so they were trying to appeal exactly. to the anime fan. Actually, this week they're having another boys event. Uh, what is it? Uh, the new girl from the season that hasn't come out yet, the one with guns and A-Train are going to be playable. Oh, God. But but no Frenchie and no Butcher, and I'm like, you're kind of dropping the ball, and no Soldier Boy. The people who actually use guns, yes. I know, I'm like, if, well, apparently the new girl uses guns, uh, R- Ruby Red or Ruby something, but yeah, I-, I agree, if we're gonna have this, at least let me play as Carl Urban, and let his voice lines just be him calling everyone a cunt. <laughs> Black Noir is pretty fun, though, because the whole point is he says nothing, so when you're supposed to hear a fun line, when he kills someone, he just starts breathing heavier and heavier. <laughs> And you see his little cartoon buddies. I'm like, okay, see, they should all be like that. <laughs> Why is it when I play Anthony Starr, he just yells at this busboy? <laughs> Why, Why is that all his lines are? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and as the chat is saying, too, yeah, they had Dread. They had Judge Dread, too, in one of the past Call of Duties, too, that which is also sense. pretty cool. Yeah. That's great. Well, you also have Ash Williams, and you have, uh, uh, oh no, you, they, they didn't actually get the Doom Marine from Doom, but there's a Doom pack where you have a bunch of his weapons, so see, clearly they, see, they were able to license them, though. Those characters should just be limited to the zombies. Yeah, which that, makes that more makes sense. sense. That's their wheelhouse. It's fantasy bullshit anyway, right? Yeah. Makes more sense. I could fucking talk about Call of Duty forever, which I hate that I've become that guy, but I'm now that guy. What we should be talking about forever, though, is Marvel What If Season 2, which also debuted while we were away. And I gotta say, I loved the way they chose to release this. A new episode every night from the 22nd onward. I would love it if they would keep doing that, if that would become a trend, actually. It was. It was great. It kept like the conversation going, didn't it? It's it's almost like it really they did. used to do that on something uh. like- tv yeah right how about that this tv thing has come back around to eat itself it's great look man when warner brothers eventually you know absorbs paramount all of these streamers are just gonna get together and they're like a brand new one-of-a-kind service cable plus It, it really is fucked up that, you know, that not only are we going back to cable, but because we're all so burnt out on streaming now and needing to binge everything so we don't get spoiled and so we feel like we can take place in conversations with our friends, that we're now actually hungry for the return of the TV model, where it's like, oh yeah, one episode a day is great, I can sit down, I can watch it with dinner, I can really absorb it, I can talk about it with everyone, because I know they've all seen the same episode I have. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so, some really strong offerings in this one. I, I'm going to say I actually think season two, and this might be controversial, better than season one because they were more confident and the episodes that they had played around with more genres than just regular old superhero. Yep. Getting to see Nebula do like a goddamn Blade Runner meets Judge Dredd was awesome. That was pretty cool. Them actually bringing back all those Novacore characters that I forgot about and getting to use them. Is, isn't it funny that Nova and the Novacore has now officially gotten more play in Multiverse and in What If than they've had in the main in movies? In the main universe, yeah. They've completely forgot about them in the main universe. 
Like, there was a moment there where it's like, get Richard Ryder any minute now. Richard Ryder's coming. We're going to get a uh, uh, friggin' Nova. And then they're like, why do we need Nova? We got Guardians. <laughs> there and seemed they, to be that. seemingly all killed off screen by Thanos when he got the Power Stone. <laughs> right? That gets me, too, that we've never even looked in the direction of Xandar and been like, hey, what, the, what happened there? Like, surely Thanos must have fucked them up to get this. Who lived, who died? <laughs> Jude Law actually getting to come back here didn't get to come back in the Marvels, but got to come back here. That was was really that was that really weirded me out because I'm like, really couldn't get him back for like scene in the Marvels, but he will come back and do this. I know it's like obviously different with like voicing and everything, but still, and it happened longer ago. Yeah, I I, I truly think, and we talked about this in our Marvels review. I bet he was the leader of the other Kree faction because they talked about a civil war. I. I bet there was an excised plot point where that was supposed to be him and Carol probably ran into him when she came to kill the Supreme Intelligence. I bet that was a cut scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I digress. Yeah, uh, friggin' Nebula is cool as hell. In fact, I said this on Twitter and I'll say it again. I hope moving forward, Super Nebula, Supernova Nebula gets a bigger push as Captain Carter did because I want to see more of her adventures. The second she gets like a cool trench coat and gets Yondu's fin to summon the air, I'm like, I am all in on this it's 100%. It was pretty good. Oh, also, we, we get more of Karen Gillan and just who doesn't need more Karen Gillan in their lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like that she's, she's down to like just come back to for like Nebula every now and then for stuff like this absolutely also more howard the duck yet another instance where we are seeing more howard the duck in what if universes than in the main universe <laughs> taika watiti was all over this shit too which is funny because he you know maybe not gracefully exited but he's like yeah i'm done with this but before i go here's way more cork <laughs> and when he's written by other people he's actually like funny yeah well because again because i'm sure he's not in charge of making the cut so it's exactly. not like all of this will stay in <laughs> exactly I- Again, Korg is funny, Watiti is funny and charming, it's just he needs an editor sometimes. When you have all the control, you're never going to want to cut your own shit. It's like George Lucas, he needs that guy to come in every now and then and be like, maybe that's enough. Mm. Like I said, I I know the worth of a good editor, someone who will make me use five words instead of the ten I wanted, (laughs) but still get my point across. Uh, what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? I thought this was going to be a direct sequel to the Peter, uh, what if Black Panther became Star-Lord episode, but it mm. wasn't actually. I, I did expect, like, uh, to see, like, T'Challa turn up somewhere. Yeah. As, as, as uh, Star-Lord. Yeah. This one was great. This one was, like, an almost like a throwback to, like, 1930s science fiction. It came from outer space, and it was Peter Quill. Yeah, and I'd love to see more of that 1988 avengers team because it was like a really good like like set of people it was and also great use of ant-man because Mm -hmm. ant-man of course was a founding member of the avengers in the comics never got to be in the movies and yet here hank pym does get to be a founding member of the avengers yeah and i also um bill foster gets to be there as well as giant man wonderful callback because i almost forgot them like oh yeah freaking bill foster was in these movies weren't they he just never did much after ant-man also brilliant use of captain marvel yeah i i like seeing her her come back it wasn't wasn't the original uh uh actor who voiced her i think it was no. lake, lake bell who did her in this one 
who who is just really good in her own right. But yeah, I love them remembering. Oh yeah, shit. She she was on Earth at the time, so she would have a ship and she would have a suit and powers. And if the team was to come together at this point, it should be at this point. Mm-hmm. Also, great use of Pym's daughter having lost a mother and friggin' Peter having lost a mother, and that's what they kind of unite over. Really good what if writing. It would be really cool to see like like stay in that world and then jump to like. 2012 when loki did um mm. uh invade and everything and it would be cool to see like the avengers what they would look like there because you'd have like your thor and marvel and maybe even like an older peter who is now yeah. an ant-man or an ant person along with right. hank, hank and hope yeah exactly he ends up taking up that mantle in some way oh no what happens when that hank feels the need to build ultron <laughs> oh no <laughs> Because it's going to happen. Hey, maybe Peter's there to slap his hand and be like, no, maybe no Ultron. Uses, maybe, maybe he figures out like some something to do with Ego's power survived and uses that to build mm. Ultron or something. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Also, great use of Bucky in this one as well. Bucky, the man who is supposed to kill Howard Stark, is ultimately redeemed by Howard Stark. Mm, by Howard and Peggy, yeah gotta love that right that's a really nice touch and also you can tell that he's evil winter soldier because he's got the man scara <laughs> you know he's bad because his make he's got the bad makeup <laughs> uh what if happy hogan saved christmas uh, a special that i feel existed a solely to be a christmas story and b so they could say hulk hogan which i, I can't believe i didn't think to make that joke ever <laughs> But yeah, that was a lot of fun. And also, Justin Hammer. Yeah, Get more Justin Hammer. Yeah, Sam Rockwell comes back, and I, I hope he comes back in Armor Wars. He has to come back in Armor Oh, right. If, if he doesn't, what a missed opportunity. I mean, I know, th- right? this episode was basically just a love letter to all the side characters like Jon Favreau, Kat Dennings, Colby Smulders, you know, all these people who don't get the love but are still fan favorites all this time <laughs> later. <laughs> good, good stuff. Uh, ooh, we got the Iron Man Grandmaster episode that was supposed to be part of season one that ended up getting cut. And after watching it, yeah, I see why they cut this one when all they did was recruit Gamora, because that story was not about Gamora at all. It was about Tony. Yeah, it, it was really weird, wasn't it? Like, it, it was like, it's like they did the episode and then realized, oh, Gamora's not really in this all this much. And this is this needs to be like her, her story. Oh, later. We'll tell it later. Yeah, but we just can't uh, recruit this Iron Man. And also, season one was very Tony-heavy anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I see why they didn't. That being said, Marvel Wacky Races? Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm like, why isn't this a video game? This should be a video game. Friggin' Sakaar Racers. <laughs> where you can be Tony Stark and you can upgrade your battle vehicle. And you can race other Marvel heroes. It's like Jack X Racing, where they just got all those other characters yeah, together. Yeah. That's what I want. Dr. Weird saying Korg in the cuck chair. Oh, yes. Yes. There was yes, a lot of yes, that. The cuck chair, which is such a weird visual for a kid's show. Yeah. I mean, we say kid's show, but I think Marvel really goes yeah. for all ages. I think that was definitely a, if you're an adult, you're going to get this joke. <laughs> and if you're a kid, you're gonna be like, oh, that's a weird place to put a chair. <laughs> But yeah, so that that was a fun one, but I can also 100% see why they cut that one. Uh, what if Captain uh, Carter fought the Hydra Stomper, which is basically just, hey, let's do Captain Carter for Civil War? Yes, yeah, so Civil War mixed with, like, 
black the black uh, widow movie. black widow movie because it had all this all the black widow stuff in it yeah it was pretty cool which it was and can i just say making black widow's adopted mother into the ultimate villain of the red room instead of the weirdo harvey weinstein pastiche we got makes, in the it actual seems a lot better doesn't it <laughs> Yeah, and their fight in the fake Russian bomb town where she's got, like, a Black Widow suit to keep up with uh, Natasha and everything. I'm like, this is better. This was better and cooler. Do you think maybe, because this is obviously done after the film, they're like, yeah, no, we're going to, like, use the offcuts of the film, which is what it should have been. Because I, I guarantee you there was a cut of that film where she was the bad guy probably which hey you know what if that's a thing for multiverse and for what if going forward yeah use what if to tell better versions of stories yeah use like like we could do like an iron man 3 where maya hansen was the bad guy instead of old yeah. killian and all that sort of stuff yes oh my god yes do that do the alternate scripts do the stories we never got that's such a smart idea mm-hmm that's absolutely what they should do. Also, more Bucky love in that season, too, because Bucky becomes the Secretary of Defense, and we get to see what would happen if he didn't fall in war and if he got to get old and everything. That was pretty cool. That was pretty... And it, and it led to, like, obviously, Hydra didn't infiltrate S.H.I.E.L.D., so S.H.I.E.L.D. was still... Yeah. Good. You know, um, Crossbones doesn't technically exist, just Rumlow does, and he's a good guy, and yeah, it's pretty cool. I love that callback and like that that world got me thinking more it's like well where's Tony in this world then if there's a Hydra stomper and assumedly his parents weren't murdered I guess he never became who he became Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's that's what good what if stories should do they should make you ask more questions and make you think exactly (laughs) the chat saying too yeah we'll do Iron Man 3 but we'll have the real Mandarin who we know now is that be the villain in that the whole point of that movie was the fact that that wasn't a real Mandarin that was the whole point that he was a fake, yeah. But but you know some fans would want that. You know some I fans know. would cream their jeans over that. I know. So but, you but still, have Wen Wu turn up and it'd be a completely different film. Still though, the idea to have Iron Man fight Wen Wu to actually have like a comic equivalent Iron Man versus Mandarin battle, totally something they should still do. Uh, yeah, no, they absolutely should still do it. They should. I mean, just for the visuals alone, that would be pretty dope uh what are some other ones we got going here oh the big kahori episode their big new original uh uh, mohawk character their big new mohawk superhero completely original she's basically like kobe because she ends up getting all this power from a cracked cosmic cube that falls to earth she's voiced by davari jacob so obviously i'm a huge fan because i love reservation dogs <laughs> yeah it, it, it was pretty good she, she, davari jacobs is actually playing a character in echo i believe i think it's like, i know echo, right echo? yeah it's echo yeah which is wild that she gets to keep coming back disney plus has been very good to her yeah no it, i really the, the this episode looked really good as well yes it did this this was easily the most visually impressive episode they did i think they knew that because this was fully original and not based on anything they were free to go nuts and go nuts they did yeah it looked great i liked seeing this uh mohawk woman just like own the spanish yep <laughs> I, I love that when she, when she beats the shit out of the spanish and then goes to like the queen's court and says hey stay out of the new world i'm like do do britain next go go see that queen <laughs> next while you're at it go door to door around europe yeah 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 knock knock hey european powers hey hey all you settlers hey all you pilgrims fucking fucking stay fucking stay put you stay 
that's what I wanted. And I'm like, ah, see, everyone gets their Black Panther moment. And I love that. And and, and that's, that's a, the, again, another world that I'd like to see expanded on. It's like now that mm-hmm. the Spanish aren't going to there, do the British come? And like, like what does, ha- what happens to America in, mm-hmm. like, you, you jump ahead, you know, 200, 300 years. What happens? Absolutely. How, how do they change history? And I mean, clearly, I imagine they will do more with Kahori because she is the oh, yeah. original what if character now and comes back for the big finale, which that's another thing about season two. Season one, they were clearly building up to Guardians of the Multiverse. Every episode was about planting a seed for that. This one kind of just chilled. This one just kind of yeah. did more vibes and didn't do a lot of big building up until they eventually got there. Yeah, which is why I don't like that last episode at all. Yeah, I know. We'll get there when we get there, but I know you don't like that last episode. Uh, also, hey, more good stuff for Jeffrey Wright as a Watu. I feel mm. like he got to be way more of a character this season. He was more involved in it, yes. More involved. He got to be funnier. He, get, again, got to be more directly linking up with the cast and talking to them, which I wonder, is that going to be his arc for the show to where he will eventually intervene, probably around the time Fantastic Four comes out to stop Galactus, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> well, we know the watcher famously famously is is meant to be someone who intervenes because that's literally all he does whenever whenever he's involved in a story he intervenes yeah he's always that guy look i'm not supposed to but i'm doing it anyway (laughs) but i'm not supposed look don't don't tell my manager don't tell my boss i'm gonna get in so much trouble if they were smart they would do it somewhere somehow it's like okay so like loki remade the universe and kind of like like made it all like one thing so the watchers like watching it's like oh but to like access the universe or like watch other universes you need the watcher's eye so you've got to take the watcher's Mm. eye like they did an original sin yes yeah that's definitely a place they could go for it uh what if hella found the 10 rings probably the most surprising episode of the season for my money because it ended up being a redemption story Mm, yeah for for both uh hella and wenwu indeed i feel like so many what if stories so many multiverse stories really kind of you know focus on like you know oh the dark fucked up crack mirror version of it all this one was like no what if stories can actually be uplifting and positive because you can actually see villains see the air of their ways and be good because hella essentially gets sent on thor's quest way before him yeah and they find a lot of sympathy in her too where she's like well yeah of course i became an evil goddess of death i was raised for war and colonization and then the second my dad didn't need me anymore he threw me away of course i'm pissed off (laughs) i had a cute doggy and he took my cute doggy And I'm like, that's pretty good. And then she gets to come back as Hella the White, defender of Earth, defender of all things. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool, actually, because the goddess of death had to understand mercy. (laughs) And I also like that Odin at the end is like, oh, wow, cool, you changed. Like, he wasn't, like, vengeful or anything. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, wow, you actually changed. That's that's pretty cool. Even Odin learned a lesson at the end of that story. How about that? Unlike in the movies where he's like, I love you, sons. Not going to tell you anything, though, before I die, though. I'm going to die, and that's going to release your your sister who wants to kill the the Ten Realms. Goodbye. Oops. Oops. (laughs) Oops, my bad. (laughs) And yeah, good uh, good use of Wenwu as the Mandarin, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. Fun to see him. Hopefully we get more of him moving forward. Yeah. 1602 was probably the episode I was the most interested in, and it ended up not being anything like I thought it was going to be. And look, I didn't think they were just going to do the Neil Gaiman story. And I they knew, don't just. I knew they weren't going to do that. 
This th- this is basically like the story episode because hey, we follow Captain Carter here. She needs to find another time displaced person who's causing all these rifts and everything. We get some fun stuff with dickhead King Thor and his Avengers versus uh, Steve Rogers and his Merry Men. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why Steve Rogers was Robin Hood when Hawkeye, Hawkeye. Was, Hawkeye was right there. <laughs> I know. I know. Are, are we still in the outs with Jeremy Renner? Was Jeremy Renner too hurt and too sick to come back? I was that think, the thing? I do think they say in the episode that Hawkeye did die, but at the same time, so like, you didn't mm. need to do that. You just had him as as the Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, that gets me too. Uh, Ant-Man is a merry man makes sense because he's yeah. a thief, which man, it, it, it should have been Ant-Man and his other buddies from that movie is what it should have been <laughs> if we were going to do bandits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But again, we had to get all the big names in there. We do get a cool fight with uh, Purple Hulk and, you know, Man in the Mask Hulk or Man in the Iron Mask Hulk. I like that. Yes, that was pretty cool. That was good. Uh, The fact that you eventually find out that it was that Steve that was the time traveler and you should have known because his shield was like the one from the fight with Thanos. Yes, and he had the long hair and the beard. And yeah, yeah, that was actually kind of a cool reveal where he he was fighting Thanos in like Infinity War and he hit the the, the time stone and got transported. That's pretty cool. And it fucked up everything. Yeah. Also gave people another chance to complain about Scarlet Witch. It's like, well, if Scarlet Witch can bring people from other times in this world, then why couldn't she have brought her kids in the Doctor Strange movie? Different rules, different characters, different universe. Also, not the point of the story. Having Steve from another universe in that world literally killed that world. Were you not paying attention? <laughs> and that was, and that, <sighs> and that was literally like a driving force in the Doctor Strange film as well. If she brings these kids back, this other world, it'll fuck up this other world. You know? <laughs> yeah, I swear, people just did not pay attention to that movie. <laughs> No, I again as I said, they as I said before, they, they, they only wanted uh member Berry's nostalgia cameos in that film. <laughs> That's all they Absolutely. wanted. Yeah. And that led us into our big final episode, What If Strange Supreme Invented, which honestly I had forgotten that Strange Supreme was a thing from the last season and he technically didn't a hundred percent redeem himself, but maybe he did. Yeah, and then in this episode he's just evil again, like pure evil. Yeah, I've decided I'm the bad guy of this season now, where I'm like, yeah, you're kind of a step down from Killmonger in the Ultron armor, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, he's been capturing all these people, and like he's planning on using their power to remake his universe so he can get his Christine back. Which, again, I they're trying, they were trying to draw a, you know, parallel line between him and Captain Carter. You know, you've done so much to try and reunite with your Steve. I'm doing so much to try and, you know, reunite myself with Christine in our world where we're not so different, you and I. Only we're really different, you and I. (laughs) Except for this one thing, we're actually quite different. And yeah, this... That episode was just, you know, one giant excuse to be like, okay, how many sight gags can we have? How many things can we all have go off at one time? Yeah, yeah. How how many weapons can Captain Carter mm. wield at all once? All at once. And yeah, I, I hated all of that stuff because it served no purpose whatsoever. 
It it didn't, but like it was their last episode, and also apparently the uh, the head writer on that show, AC Bradley, this was her last episode, so this is like okay, I'm going out with a bang. Let me blow up everything as much as possible. <laughs> it didn't bother me because it's like yeah, she got to be the most powerful person in the multiverse for a second. Everyone does. Goddamn, Venom made an axe out of the Silver Surfer's shield and the Enigma <laughs> powers in the comics. It's no more or less stupid no, than yeah. that. Every everyone gets a chance. <laughs> Not at all. No. No, I don't have a problem with that. It's just the fact that it was literally it's it's just in this one episode where there's like been no build up to it whatsoever and yeah. The season. <laughs> I I guess that's the price you pay for having more episodic episodes, more standalone mm-hmm. stories that, you know, okay, we got to we got to have the big finale at the end. It's like, you know, you don't always need a big finale. You know what it actually reminded me of? rick and morty where it's like you know rick and morty doesn't always have like a big story season finale every season sometimes they just fight the sometimes they just fight the keith david president and tell you to come back next season (laughs) that would have been really cool if they if they ended this on the cliffhanger where it's like did he make the world did he not i don't know come back next season yeah, come back next season. But again, this seemed to be the showrunner's last season. So whatever it inevitably comes in season three, and we know we're getting a season three because they showed us a little clip of like a Winter Soldier Fast and the Furious story. It's probably going to be different. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine by me. You know, multiverse stories and what if should be different. Overall, I enjoyed this one. It was it was pretty good. That the really good smattering of episodes that that, that all felt different. Definitely. That's my favorite thing about it. No two felt alike. We're in season one. It's like a lot of these kind of feel similar. <laughs> and, yeah, and all of them weren't uh, like universe ending threats. No. Yes, that's also good. Not every what if needs to be a universe ending threat. I will tell you one thing I did notice, though, and I don't know if you noticed this as well. No Spider-Man characters, even yeah. though Spider-Man was quite well represented in season one. Yeah, I, I wonder if that has to do with the deals or something with like mm. Sony and stuff. I know they, they did announce that they, they did have an episode planned for him where it was going to be like Children of Men, but like with Spider-Man. Oh like a really dark dark one but like that never ended up happening and i have to wonder whether it probably is sony because people a lot of people seem to forget that sony is the one who has to say yes or no to these sorts of things because they Mm. technically own the characters true true uh i I had another thought but it's freaking gone now but oh yeah but between that and that uh, spider-man freshman year show that's kind of in limbo i start sweating a little bit where it's like i I would like some multiverses with spider-man please (laughs) oh shit yeah and i didn't even remember this uh yeah we see loki's tree from the end of the loki show in the last episode that's nice yeah that's cool nice bit of synergy yeah nice way to bring it all together be like yes the what if Joe is part of all of this. And, and again, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, as it should, because, yeah, multiverse, time streams and everything. Yeah. Though at the same time, as much as I love this stuff, I, I brought up the whole idea of multiverse fatigue before. I'm like, is this the thing that's making people like my mom lose their mind? You know, people who sometimes have a hard time remembering that, like, Batman and Spider-Man aren't in the same universe, now have to compartmentalize universes within universes? Is this what's, you know, baking their noodles? I wonder. I think it comes down to how the universes are handled. And I don't think Marvel has been doing a good job with this multiverse stuff because during this entire run of what if I was seeing people say that this Captain Carter from and that we see in this show is the one we see in Doctor Strange. And they'll complain, well, how can she 
hold all the infinity stones but still get cut in half by her shield i'm like it's not the same it's one. clearly not yeah and they yeah. haven't they haven't properly explained any of this sort of stuff to the general yeah. audience uh, again, to bring it back to Rick and Morty, which does a lot with alternate universes, there's a point that every Rick has a designation. You know, I'm Rick C-137, I'm Rick whatever. You know, hey, here's a picture of the finite curve of universes. We're all the same, but we're all a little different. Mm -hmm. They need that that visual representation. Like, okay, we're going to another Earth. Slap up Big Earth 42 yeah. or whatever. You know, make That's it known true. that it's not... Because they've only ever done that in, in like, dialogue. And people don't yes. fucking listen to films. No, no, they don't. They don't pay attention. Big, big pictures would help. I agree. I think that would make all yeah. the difference in the world in this one. You're, you're, you're one hundred percent right. They did that. They did that when they explained the Infinity Stones, both in Guardians of the Galaxy and Infinity. Mm -hmm. Where they explained, oh, there's these four stones. They were, they went out into the galaxy. You know, you know, they, they're all different colors. This one's a time stone. This one's a power stone. You get it. You get it. Because you, mm. you see the colorful pictures. Yeah, it's funny too. I I make the Rick and Morty comparison, saying they could learn from the storytelling in that. When I know, like, so many writers actually go from Rick and Morty to writing Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> hi, Jeff Loveness. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Michael Waldron. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Which again, it's like, man, you you think if anyone would get this, it would be you guys, actually. <laughs> we have to wonder if it's actually them or like Kevin Feige, because I know he has last True. say in everything. So yeah. True 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 enough also dan Harmon strikes me as the kind of creator who's like no put it in my audience is dumb yeah <laughs> my, my audience can, just can, will not get this has he is he still canceled can he come back and do some more script stuff because he just script stuff on on uh doctor strange yes he did no it's, it's Royland who got in trouble not That's him right, he, yeah. he 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 willingly went away Harmon. he was actually pretty smart That's he finished right, up his yes. pot he finished up his podcast. They tried to do the same shit to him that they did to James Gunn. So he had to have a lot of meetings. And basically when that was done, he's like, okay, I'm leaving social media and everything. I'm just going to go live with my wife and my dogs and my millions and millions of Rick and Morty dollars. Because, <laughs> you know, they freaking, what is it, greenlit 90 episodes of that. So, again, yeah. he's he's set for life now. <laughs> yes, he is. He's, he's set for life. And even then, I think he's mostly passed off the writing to other people. Like, he is the Feige of that. Like, he's in the room. He gets final <laughs> say. But he wants to bring in his friends, like Heather Ann Campbell and everything, to write episodes. Nice, nice. Which is, which is probably the smart way to do it and why I think that last season of Rick and Morty has actually been one of the strongest they've ever done, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, I feel like the heat is kind of off that show, and, like, you know, the, like, it's not the biggest thing anymore, which has honestly been better for, because they can buckle down. They they did a Worst Fears episode for their season finale, which is like, oh, isn't that kind of rote and kind of tropish? Yes, but the way they do it is brilliant. <laughs> nice, nice. I do yeah. like that that show proved that they did not need Justin Roiland at all. No. No, no, the two new voice guys are great, and they're only going to get better because now they won't have to dub over dub. what he already recorded. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's really funny where so many people said, oh, they can't continue the show without him. Yeah, they can. <laughs> yeah. In fact, in fact, by the sound of it, he hasn't had any input since, like, season two anyway because he was already impossible yeah, to I work did, with. Yeah, I did read that article where he was, he'd just rock up into the office and play with fucking 
toys and mm-hmm. not do any work or anything no which which always seemed to be the kind of vibe i got from mm-hmm. him where it's like where it's like you you were here in the inception process you pitched some crazy ideas and everything and then you just kind of fell by the wayside i'm like yeah that makes sense yeah yeah that that feels about right uh yeah i i again i i know it does no good you know whenever something like this happens but i never got a good vibe off justin roiland ever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, when that stuff came out about him i'm like yeah totally yeah because i've listened to him yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> why are you surprised <laughs> all right so that was all the news that was what if uh again we've been going for a while we've been going for about our regular runtime we want to talk about a couple comics from this week just because because we haven't yeah. done it in a bit yeah sure uh, I guess we can talk about Fall of House of X, which again is the kickoff to the end of the Krakoan era. Pretty strong first issue, tying together a ton of different books and a ton of different storylines. Yeah, kind of like streamlining it all for uh, people who maybe want to come in and, and pick it up uh, if you haven't read everything like me. Yeah, absolutely. Again, if you haven't been reading the other X-Men books, don't feel like you need to, because this definitely gets you in and gets you up to speed. It does. It really does. Uh, I love Jerry Duggan makes a little reference to Timely, his Wild West book from Secret Wars. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's a nice touch. Uh, Rasputin 4 gets a lot to do. Apparently she's been working with Xavier this whole time. I'm like, I don't remember reading that in any of the books, but I mean, it makes sense. Fair enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because like the last time I saw like like Charles, he was like like plotting something, but we didn't know what. And yeah. I, yeah, I guess maybe it was in something that neither of us read, but yeah. Maybe. Well, at the end of Immortal, he was living on the island because yeah, yeah. he stayed there. He grew a gross depression beard. He found out uh, a piece of Mr. Sinister was still alive in him. But shocker, Mr. Sinister actually wants to help defeat the other Sinisters because like, ah, they stole my chance at godhood. Fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, look, I know I'm dishonest, Charles, but a dishonest man, you can always trust to be dishonest, honestly, and I hate those guys way more. You think Orchis is your problem, but you have to stop the Dominion. <laughs> the Dominion has always been the end game. again, tying it back to uh, Hawks and Pox. Oh, yep. One of the many ways they do that, uh, they bring Dr. Gregor back in this yes. to taunt Cyclops. I'm like, holy shit, we haven't seen Dr. Gregor in like forever. She's the one who built Nimrod out of her dead husband after he was killed by a mutant hit squad. And I got the feeling from his, from her interaction with uh, Scott in the jail and like something a little later on in the book that maybe they're planting the seeds for her to turn on Orchis. Yes, because she was the only one who was like half approaching sympathetic mm-hmm. because she's like, I is like, I think mutants are dangerous for mankind. Oh, no, they killed my husband, proving my point that they're dangerous <laughs> to mankind. And then we see later, like her husband as Nimrod uh, doesn't really seem to have anything to do with her anymore and is more no. interested in Omega Sentinel and seemingly yes. working with her. <laughs> Yes, because Omega Nimrod is the only one who knows the truth about Omega Sentinel, and that is she is from the far future where yes. mutants and machines are the only ones left. So yes. that's great. Great callback to that. Also, the fact that Cyclops has seemingly figured that out, well, in their custody, because he doesn't even talk to Gregor, he directs all his comments to Omega Sentinel, the one yeah. who's actually running shit. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> That's a very nice touch. We get Wolverine and Colossus doing screwball specials in the sewers. And then, oh, look, who's that? It's Nightcrawler. He's not Spider-Man anymore. 
<laughs> he stopped being Spider-Man so he can come be Nightcrawler again in this and kill motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a fun way to spend this summer, yes, is this Spider-Man, now I am back to being Nightcrawler. Because <laughs> he only left because he's like, oh, they're going to frame me for murder and I'm going to be on the run. Oh, I guess all of Krakow is technically being framed yeah. for murder now and is on the run. <laughs> Nothing, yeah, nothing then, stopping. Oh no, Spider-Man is now murdering people. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, really. Also, uh, Tony Stark and Emma have a plan to stop the Sentinels. Probably something to do with Mysterium. I'm two issues behind mm-hmm. on that book. Oh, uh, well, we know uh, he, uh, Iron Man gets a Mysterium uh, armor. Uh, yes. I, I saw the designs for that from Pepe Larraz. Looks awesome. Nice. Also, the Uncanny Avengers are here to help, too. All of our friends are here to help. We're ready for one big last fight. And then, oh, shit, it's Polaris and Brew, and Polaris is wearing a costume that looks like her dad's. It looks like her dad's, and it looks like Scarlet Witch's. Yes, which I guess that's a story they still need to tell, too, in one of these books, The Return of Magneto, because that was also set to happen. That's coming up. There's a book that's literally called The Return of Magneto. Which I imagine this is probably teeing that up. It's probably friggin' Scarlet Witch and Polaris who find him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe when they resurrect him this time, Scarlet Witch will put in a little uh, little extra juice there to make uh, him her dad again. <laughs> you know, while well, she's at it. You know, while well, I'm rewriting the universe to bring you back from the dead, I figured I'd do that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you won't be Quicksilver's dad, though. Only mine. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's Sorry. adopted. He's adopted. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Pietro. You don't you don't get to be in this fun family moment. Cause fuck you. I I do love Quicksilver being just the punching bag for this universe. <laughs> but yeah, good good strong start. Lots uh, lots going in there to like. And this week we get uh, Rise of uh, the Powers of X, which is based in the far future. So this is like the beginning of the Mutant Orchis War, and Powers takes us to the future of it. Yes. So there's a thing. Yeah, I imagine we'll see Omega Sentinel and what her deal is, probably come back to the past sometime or something, I don't know. Will will we have a Terminator moment where the only way to stop Warchus and stop this is to stop Omega Sentinel from ever going into that black hole and traveling back in time? Yeah, yeah, ooh. We also need to stop the Essex Dominion because apparently the real Nathaniel Essex just backed up his mind to become an AI and all these other sinisters were just basically running data trials for him so that he Mm -hmm. could become the one true Dominion. Yes, yes. Which I love that. Sinister is so untrustworthy and such a son of a bitch he's even fucking over his other clones. (laughs) He's like a goddamn rushing nesting doll of evil. (laughs) And even they didn't know that they were being played. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that was the one book I wanted to talk about. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, I did. I wanted to talk about Neil Before Zod, issue one. Oh, yeah. I almost picked this up, but I didn't know what I needed to read to get into it. Uh, nothing, really. Good. <laughs> you, you, you read that Joshua Williamson Batman Superman run? Uh, yes. The one I'm before the sure most recent one. I'm pretty sure I did, yes. Yeah, then you're good. Then you're good. Um, okay, because, yeah, I know he's on a planet with his family, which is where he's been for a bit. Yeah, he's on the planet Jakul, which he's then, he's new, newly christened New Candor. That was something of from, course. like, the Jurgens era of action comics from right. Rebirth. Uh, and, yeah, he's he's been running eugenics experiments on the natives to try and give mm-hmm. them, like, Kryptonian-like powers and be able to control them. Him and his wife Natural. are doing that. The United Planets are like, hey, 
fuck's going on you're not letting us in <laughs> you're not letting us see what is, what's going on and he stop he, it yeah he just tells him you know fuck off you're not listening to what i have to say you know you don't care about like what i'm telling you because what he's telling them is actually all coming true like there's pirates around the sector who are attacking planets and that's all happening but they won't listen to him because he's general zod naturally uh, he's dealing with that not only that is he's also dealing with his own mind and his own mind manifests like a vision of jor-el and he ends up mm. like fighting with this version of jor-el in his mind about like because jor-el says to him and it's his own mind telling him this whereas like he he is bred for war and when there's no war he is discontent and he is trying to mold himself into something more of a creator because he wants to create krypton again but because he's a warrior all he can do is kill and destroy he doesn't have that creative piece mm. of him it's missing and and that's frustrating zod because he wants to create a new candle but he cannot and he knows he cannot but he has to keep the facade up that he can and mm. his son law zod sees right through that facade and thinks he's weak and and everything and that all comes to a head when when law zod discovers that he has built a super weapon that uses the planet's core as like its ammo <laughs> and i'm like oh, oh this geez. sounds this sounds exactly like krypton oh wow um, yeah you think you would have learned that lesson <laughs> um, but the thing is that zod built the weapon and he has no intention of using it he wants to keep it it's very much like a cold war era sort of nuke sort of thing where it's like we'll keep right. it and we'll keep our finger on the button because that will stop everyone else from using their weapons against us because there's mm. mutually assured destruction if they use their weapons because then we'll use our weapons and yeah and and law is really upset about that because they have a weapon that could destroy the galaxy and and they could reshape it in their image but he doesn't want to do that so he ends up casting laws odd out and and, oh. and and um rids him of the Kicks name him out of the house yeah rids him of the name zod so and i think that's because uh laws odd is going to be starring in i think it's a peter chase j tomasi book or someone's writing it called sinister sons it's him and sinestro's son oh. teaming up oh shit uh for, that sounds for, like a good pitch for a couple of issues uh no idea when that's coming out um sounds like a good pitch he goes off to do that and then we find out that uh zod and ursa are pregnant with a new oh. child um so there's also a bit of resentment from law there that he's going to have a brother that's probably <laughs> going to get more attention than him oh um, how relatable on top of that he also has the original bottled city of candor which he stole at the end of williamson's batman superman run when oh, uh, when he tried to team with Ra's al ghul to bring oh. the candorians back to life yes okay i do remember that actually yes okay wow wow that's a that's a hell of a deep cut yeah and i think that's on purpose because obviously we've got an upcoming brainiac story from williamson involving bottled cities and everything and, right. and zod wants to Zod apparently has the technology now to resize these people and he plans on using them to repopulate new candor and, and bring mm. about Krypton again. And that, that yes. that's his that's his end game. The balance of power in the DC universe is about to change. <laughs> yeah, the, the hierarchy of the DC universe. <laughs> new candor. <laughs> and yeah, and, and well, it it ends with like the Kund attacking the planet that they think is just like a backwater world. Zod rips right through them and decides, oh, I'll keep one alive to like torture and figure out what's going on. Freaking Kund, man. Yeah. Goddamn Kund. Always up always up to some shit. 
Well, there you go, everyone. There are some comics you can look for or that we have been enjoying while we've been away. Uh, as far as comics that are coming out this week, we got the new action comics. Wolverine 41, which is the kickoff to Sabretooth War. Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Again, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this uh, in audio format, then this is out today and we're probably reading this. Probably one of the most hotly anticipated Ultimate Spider-Man comics. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to action comics because Jason Aaron is now writing the book. Yes, that's right. This is his takeover. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson had his big uh, annual finale just recently. Yeah, and it was fantastic. Yes, I quite enjoyed it. I hope they remember the kids. I hope they remember the unresolved Fire of Ulgrim stuff, because that feels yes. like something they could easily forget. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we got Miles Morales 15, but we also have uh, the big Super Size Spider-Man issue 2, which Cody Ziegler says you're going to want to read that before you read this. <laughs> uh, we got Batman and Robin 5. We got Rise of Powers of X, number one. Mm-hmm. We got Titans Beast World 4. Oh, that's is just what we chugging got. along. I know, right? Good for them. You know, glad for not overstaying your welcome. Glad for hanging out there. Uh, yeah, Giant Size Spider-Man was the one I was talking about. We got Thunderbolts number two, which I'm excited about. Sentry number two, Speed nice. Force three. Nice. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of shit coming down the pipeline. We got the next Blade issue. So yeah, big, big, big week this week, which means Matt and I need to end the show now and get our rest so we can start covering this at some point. <laughs> So, yes, uh, thank you, everyone, for showing up uh, for our first big show back of the new year. Thank you, everyone, who donated on the stream. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to hear this back before anyone else. The show will be coming to Spotify. I will probably drop that Wednesday sometime. And uh, be sure to be on the lookout, too, for Cape Joel Extra. Go over and sub there because I will be uploading video versions of the show at some point. Nice, nice. All right, so any any parting thoughts, Matt? Anything else to say before we uh, end the recording here? No, I've just got a lot of comments to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all do. Again, just, just when I think it's slowing down, it ramps back up again. Uh, new year, new year. <laughs> new year, and uh, we hope you'll all stick around with us for this new year, everyone. Uh, we really look forward to bringing you more great comic multiverse content and more great videos on all of our channels. So yes. thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.